I'm Ryan Milliken from Hardway Performance, and you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. I'm Demetri Miller with No Zone Diesel. This is Anthony Reigns from XDP. This is Jaron Holder from Holder Down Performance. I'm Corey Willis from PPI. I'm Drew with DNJ Precision Machine. I'm Pinky. And you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. Diesel Power Podcast. You're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. The Diesel Power Podcast. The one and only Diesel Power Podcast. I want to thank you, Randy, for coming back on the Diesel Power Podcast. We uh, really had a, a lot of fun chatting with you last year and, and then watching your truck throughout the year. And I know you're headed back to UCC here in not too long. And uh, inquiring minds want to know what's uh, planned for Red Delicious coming up in April. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having us back, Patrick. Um, you know, for sure, we uh, we have a lot of exciting, you know, new things where we're getting our, our, our truck set up. You know, we... Uh, are definitely looking to uh, make some more power this year and go even faster. I saw on Instagram the other day that uh, Industrial was cooking up some, some, some new stuff for you. As far as the motor, are you, are you changing it totally, or just making say little changes here and there with it from from last year? Um, there's going to be a lot of fueling and uh, mostly fueling differences. Um, definitely, um, injectors are are going to be much bigger um the injector technology is um since even last year has come quite a quite a ways um and we're also doing some turbo configuration changes um that engine dyno allows us now to set up our turbo system to be so efficient um you know we're monitoring everything making sure we get the right drive pressures and 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 you know our our exhaust temperatures. We're making sure we're keeping those in check this year. Um, we're going to possibly run some water meth on it this year. Um, so I mean, there's definitely there's definitely feeling in air changes for sure this year. How much does it change, like see last year competing in Utah versus this year in Indiana as far as elevation and in, in, in the air and the fuel setup? Well, we're going from 4,200 feet here down to, I don't know the exact elevation there, but I know it's close to, closer to sea level quite a bit. Um, we know it's going to run, you know, a lot harder there for sure. I mean, we could have taken that setup down at the track with it, you know, the exact same setup we had there for, for 2016 UCC down there would have definitely probably ran a lot harder at the track. So that being said, you know, with the pat, with the addition of more power and, also, being able to truly make more power down at that elevation, it definitely crosses my mind of how well the truck's going to handle all the added, all the added power for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I know. Whenever I go to sea level, I can consume way more amount of beer at sea level than I can up here at elevation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's so true. We uh, we chatted with a few of the the competitors so far, and. Uh, a lot of them have talked about the suspension and and setting that up for drag racing and then sled pulling. Were you, as far as last year, were you happy with the way the truck would launch and get traction and, and, and the way it performed that way, or were you, are you making changes to, to that portion of it as well? Well, this year, I believe I'm going to probably run slicks at the track. I just I really need to cut cut a harder 60 foot. You know, it was fun doing it on the Toyo proxies last year, but I know I've reached the limit with those with those tires. So, um, but as far as the suspension goes, it's always done so well for me. It's almost like if it's not broke, don't fix it. I, you know, I 
I had these grander visions of, you know, setting it up and, and I have a lot of friends that, you know, do suspension setup for race trucks and, you know, they, they wanted to get me rolling on, on a new setup and everything. But honestly, I'm just, I'm too nervous to make too many changes too fast to the truck. I just think, uh, you know, obviously I've done a million four wheel drive boost launches in that truck and I just, it just feels right. You know, I, I'm comfortable with it, you know, with the way that it holds and handles and, and it seems like it just is happy to grab and take off. No problems. I think that's probably one part, you know, that us fans forget about in, in all of this is you guys know your trucks better than anyone. You know, you, you've, you've done it for so long and so many times with, with racing them and, and, and competing with them. You guys know what's right. It's probably just a feeling you know that you get you're like this is where i want it <laughs> you know yeah yep exactly there was something you said last year it stuck with us the whole year and came up a lot in uh other other podcasts is you had said and i'm praising it but something to the fact that the motors and the power have eclipsed where the transmissions were and it's been playing catch up do you think that that's taken place from say last year any of the competitions early in the year to where we are now well there's definitely been some improvement um <clears throat> in the transmission sector for these higher power trucks um i still don't believe that they're they've caught up with the power that these trucks are capable of making um you know not there's very very few racers that actually put a hundred percent of the power they're capable of putting down you know there's not a lot of people that can actually put that power all the way through a drivetrain on these big, big power trucks. Um, you know, it's it's definitely getting there, um, but I still think that there's some advancements that need to be made. Um, definitely a few ideas I have um, for, especially on the 48RE side of things, um, you know, but it's just, it's taken its time. It for sure is. <laughs> it is cool to see you know what uh what's going on in in that realm it seems like the power just keeps jumping up like i think now we're talking about 3000 horsepower and who can hit it or can it be hit you know and uh last year it was you know 2 or 2500 and it just keeps getting higher and something has to get it to the tires <laughs> yeah i mean it, it does and it's and it's just you know definitely when you get into that kind of power level suspension setup and stuff it really does have to come into play um you know and the 48 re i i know is is uh, it's a lot to ask of that little thing you know for sure it's it definitely could use some um it definitely has some weak areas still everybody knows that that runs them um but there's definitely stuff coming around the corner that i think is going to be a game changer for for that transmission there's a there's a lot of questions that we get on the podcast like on facebook or sometimes guys call in which is really cool and uh, one of them they wanted us to ask a transmission expert is about stall speed. And it can even be, you know, confusing for people of us who are around transmissions or transmission upgrades and things like that. As far as stall speed, what do you tell customers? Or when, you know, a guy walks in and says, hey, I'm going to tow with this truck or I want to build what you have. How do you direct them on stall speed or explain it to them? Stall speed is definitely tricky um it so much comes into play um elevation uh turbo size injector size tuning uh whose tuning it has on there 
um, size of the tires on the vehicle, what the what the primary usage of the truck is. Um, so yeah, it definitely there's definitely a lot of factors. You know, uh, obviously somebody that tows that has a stock turbo is going to need a much different stall than somebody that tows that has compounds on their on their truck. Um, but you have to make sure and find that happy medium. You can't if you go too high so that the the truck will light and take off. The turbos are allowed to you know be able to, to spool the RPMs can come up on the engine. If you go too high, then you just generate so much heat, you have so much power loss under non-lock conditions, it's just a bad situation. But then you go too tight in that same sense, you know, in that same scenario with a truck that has big turbos on it, it will not get out of its way on takeoff. The turbos will not lie. It just feels like a dog. So I mean finding the happy medium is tricky, you know, that's why we ask everybody several questions um, before we decide on stall speed that's a, that's a really key point a lot of times it, somebody will say buy a truck or something and it's got a built transmission in it and you know they'll be driving around town and temperatures like 210 degrees and it's sluggish and you know or they can't get the turbo lit and and those sorts of things and it kind of leads into that that heat question is what's too hot for not just a 48 or even I'd say any of the transmissions you build or work on or see there in the shop, what's the point where something, something's not right and, and you know, Hey, the stock transmission's about to fail because it's getting this hot. Well, it's definitely, I definitely would say anything around 200 degrees towing on a hot summer day is um, relatively normal. If you're hauling quite a bit of weight, um, seeing, seeing spikes of, you know, 2, 210, 215, say you're pulling a really hard hill, maybe not going so fast. It can happen. Um, the big thing is, is how fast your trans temp comes down to as well is gonna, you know, kinda gives you an idea of how efficient your transmission cooling system really is as well. I mean, if it's constantly lingering in that 210, 215 area, definitely gotta do some cooler upgrades on that thing. Um, it, it, you know, the hotter they are, the shorter the life. The seals will sell faster. Fluid breaks down faster. Um, also, fluid thins out. It can't lubricate and do its job as well when it starts getting hot. Um, so the cooler, the better. You know, we do some pretty heavy-duty cooling systems at our shop. Um, a lot of customers are telling us they're seeing about oh, 170 on the freeway on a on a hot summer day, towing towing weight, um, flirting with maybe 180, 190 up really steep hills. Um, the disadvantage to a four-speed is they always make more heat when you're going slower. They don't have the gear ratio that the six-speeds do. Um, so you're always going to generate a little bit more heat around town in the four-speeds. It's inevitable um, versus the six-speed, um, which I have to tell a lot of people they, they don't quite get that part. But, you know, your, your first gear ratio is so much higher on a four-speed versus a six-speed. That's, that's the whole advantage to a six-speed is you know, you don't have to use the converter so much. You can rely on the gearing of the transmission more. That's a really good point. And especially, you know, on the performance side where a lot of, I'm sure your customers with their six sevens get to the, the point where they're asking themselves, do I need to do the four speed swap or do I, you know, go with one of Randy's upgraded 68 RFEs and, and every think, day, every day we get that question. <laughs> we do every day. We, we get that question, that exact question. <laughs> do you think the most overlooked part is, you know, because everyone wants to go fast, you know, and, and the transmissions, you know, they're, they're not cheap, you know, so it's, it's a big decision. And you think that that might be overlooked the most is I might be driving this, you know, around town a lot, or I might, you know, want to put it 
uh, hook a trailer up and, and tow it somewhere and kind of that usability part you just mentioned. You know, it, it all comes down to driver, really, and how abusive they want to be to the vehicle um, is really what it comes down to. Um, also, tire size. The biggest thing that will kill, the like the 68 RPs and these 67s, is big tires on stock gearing. Um, if you're running, you know, people that are running over a 35-inch tire, they have to be re-geared or that 68 RP will never live. It just does. It just won't if you're hard on it, especially. Um, so gearing is a huge factor on the 68 RFE. So, I mean, you know, we have a list of stuff we kind of go over with people when they call us and they're like, you know, should I do a 48 RE or should I do a 68 RFE? Um, you know, with a 48 RE, yeah, they'll take a lot more abuse, but you do lose you do lose two two gears, you know, and you do lose some of the amenities of, of you know, what the vehicle has to offer from the factory. You don't lose it all, and, and we've learned how to make a lot of it work, um, but, you know, you do, you are going to lose some some things when you do a swap, but um, if you're looking for high-powered and you want to plow every hill doing 90 miles an hour pulling 18,000 pounds, well, the 48RE is your choice, and, you know, a lot of these guys, they want to go beat it at the track and tow that kind of weight, then, yeah, 48RE swap is absolutely the way to go. I did the swap on a vehicle of mine that I used to have, and that was the first thing I noticed was just driving normally. I'm like, how come it hasn't upshifted yet? Because it's so, you know, the, just it's it spaced out more, you know, in daily driving. But like you said, if you just want to beat the heck out of it, then especially with the, the like the PCS standalone and, and what you can do with the tuning and, and things like that, it's it's almost limitless. It is. It's a great setup, you know, and 68 RFEs have come a long way, you know, absolutely, you know, but if you're looking to put a 1,000 horsepower in six gear through your 68 RFE, I don't care. It's not going to live. They've definitely been, a, I think, a challenging transmission for for holding. I think stock power, they hold up pretty decent, you know, but, you know, we're diesel guys. We, we want more power and torque and want to do different stuff. And <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> quickly hit, hit the ceiling of them. As far as the like the 3500s and uh, the ASINs, have you been seeing guys wanting to do more performance with those trucks and wanting transmission solutions for them, or do you think that they're still they're still so new that it's it haven't really gone down kind of that road of of, of building those or, or looking into making those hold hold more power? Um, I've actually started to receive several calls on those over the last year. Um, there's not been a lot of failure on them. They haven't. They have had some failure, um, particularly fifth gear. That drum seems to be the weakest drum so far. Um, there's definitely some solutions coming out for these transmissions. I tell everybody just, you know, be patient. They're they're working on it. Um, in fact, I flew down to Suncoast a few weeks ago, and uh, Ron had some pretty cool stuff for them. So they're they're working on them. They're not forgotten about. It's just uh, simply having to manufacture the parts and and uh you know get the clutches and stuff the right clutches and everything for it make sure everything works so there's definitely some r&d going on with these things um because i know eventually i believe eventually the 68 rf is going to be obsolete and every cummins is going to include it that as 69 rc eventually so um you know everybody's kind of trying to avoid them a little bit but eventually that's not going to be possible anymore so um, there's definitely work coming coming down the pipeline on them, and I'm excited for the future of them. It's a very big, robust transmission. Um, I think with some some minor upgrades, they're going to be a hell of a transmission. It's cool because 
it's like, you know, when the 68 RFE came out, it was, it was designed to, you know, say hold a certain power level. And there's this horsepower torque war going on with Ford, Ram, and, and GM. And we all sit back and ask ourselves, well, when are they going to go to a different transmission? Because I'm not sure if it was necessarily, when they designed the 68 RFE, set up for where they're approaching the power and the torque levels. You know, so that that's uh, that's interesting. It'll be cool to see how that kind of plays out with. Yeah, I think the 68 RFE is on borrowed time. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. There's, <clears throat> and it, it, I I really truly believe it's going to be all about the AS69 come come here in the next year or two. So how was the? I've never been to Suncoast. I've always wanted to go out there and 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 uh, meet the guys and, and check out the shop. What was that trip like? Oh man, every time I go down there, I just I just love it. You know, we it's so fun to work with them. We bounce ideas off each other. You know, uh, just we want to make the you know the best product we possibly can and and support you know people pay a lot of damn money for these transmissions we want them to be the best you know and and they're still they're still evolving um but they have a lot of they they definitely have a lot of research and development going on down there um you know kind of the same stuff we try to do at our shop we you know we find out what sells first and why why and how can we make it better um, they definitely have a lot of that going on down there and man, you know, Ron and, and Blake, some of those guys down there and Ernie and they just have some of the, some of the best minds down there. You know, I just, I really feel when I work with those guys, it's just awesome. You know, that just so full of information and, and ideas. I just, I just love it. Cause I'm the same way, man. We just talk transmissions for a week you know <laughs> that's why most people like don't even want to hang with us anymore <laughs> you just want to talk about it. boring <laughs> like oh hey this is exciting to us you know so it's definitely it was fun it's always fun down there it's funny you mentioned that because like outside of like the podcast or street use power or anything it's like i'll be around friends and i want to talk about like transmissions or erasing or something and the people look at me like what are you talking about you know they just don't want to really do it so when you get around diesel people and, and yeah, transmission yeah. and turbo people that's all you guys talk about forever and it's so cool <laughs> absolutely <laughs> unless it's warmer down there so if you can go in the winter time and you know oh, you have some palm nice trees and... <laughs> oh yeah beautiful beautiful down there now i, I know uh, a lot of people who love to listen to these podcasts and then and then go check out and follow, you know, these builds as you guys are setting up these trucks and everything. Is is Instagram or Facebook so like the best place to see what you're doing with the truck and, and, and different events, say, that you might take it to, you know, before to, you know, like just to, to test the setup and, and play with it a little bit? Yeah, we I try to keep – I do rely on that heavily, uh, Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, we have – you know, quite a people, a lot of people that follow us. It's been really good for me. Most people that tend to call us <clears throat> follow our builds and and that that sort of thing on Instagram or Facebook. So um, I try to keep everybody as informed as I can on there about you know new products that are coming up or research and development things or you know some big power trucks that we do that you know show them hey you know this you know we're getting these things to live and. You know, some of the talk about some of the trucks we have, some of our transmissions in and stuff. So yeah, I, I try to you know keep everybody informed on both of those pages. So we I utilize them pretty heavy. Um, so that's the best way to catch what we're doing and you know all the fun stuff for sure. I know whenever I get on like Instagram or Facebook, I look to see 
Like, did Randy do another wide open throttle launch going over Mountain Pass, or did he take that dually through the, <laughs> through the dunes at full throttle? <laughs> like, there's so many cool things. I'm like, man, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I I try to have fun. You know, I have fun, and I've learned a lot. Um, you know, you learn a lot at the track, but you also learn a lot with put pushing. You know, seventeen, eighteen hundred horsepower worth of you know through your vehicle and long distance mileage. I mean, the, it's one thing to run it at the track at that power level, but it's also another thing to hook it to a trailer and put miles on it with making a ton of power. I've probably learned more from that than anything else combined. Um, weight and power and mileage, and that really, really shows you, you know, what's going to wear, what's really wearing, and and just a lot of valuable information has come from that. Yeah, and and for any of the minivan fans out there, if they want to see a minivan get a shot of nitrous and how long the motor lasts, Randy's <laughs> page will show it. <laughs> that's right. Hey, that that little baby 41TE held up pretty good. I mean, it's just the, you know, that's unfortunately like a lot of people don't know that the 68 RFE is just a glorified version of that 41TE in those little caravans. It's the same drum style. It, it, it's really, really similar, the functionality of it and everything. It's it's really it's really funny, you know, that <laughs> they basically took that and tried to supersize it. <laughs> and like you said, it worked great behind a stock vehicle, but not, not so much when you start throwing power at them. <laughs> it's kind of, uh, yeah, it kind of goes goes along with what we were talking about about earlier with them you know yeah <laughs> well that's awesome randy we appreciate you coming on today and i know you're a busy guy and you got a lot of work to do with the truck and get things set up but uh yeah look forward to seeing seeing you this year and, and watching the truck and and uh seeing what you do with the you know, the transmissions you're building and 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 staying ahead you know of the curve so to speak and and what you're doing with the 68s and some of the other ones and and uh what you guys can come up with. We're going to keep plugging away, man, and just try to make it better.